Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the Poison Pressure Podcast. I am your host, Eric Rodriguez, and today we're going to talk about turning trauma into positivity and how to become an anxiety disruptor. So get ready. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us again on the Poison Under Pressure podcast. I am your host, Eric Rodriguez. Today, we have a very special guest, and I know I always say that, but I really mean it. She is incredibly talented and inspiring. I've been lucky enough to connect with her recently. It is my honor to introduce my friend, speaker, author, and my favorite anxiety disruptor, (laughs) Phoenix Gibbs. Good morning, Phoenix. Good morning, Eric. Thank you so much for the introduction and a warm welcome. Um, I am so excited and I'm so very proud of you. Like you're doing such amazing work and I'm grateful to just be in your presence, even though I haven't met you in person. I'm sure we will. We will. <laughs> but thank you so much. I appreciate it. I am Phoenix Gibbs. I am a speaker, published author and Eric's favorite anxiety disruptor. That's right. <laughs> So what I do is I offer anxiety relief sessions and methods to people who struggle with anxiety to help them disrupt anxiety, strengthen their minds, help them overcome circumstances and challenges they may be facing so that they can experience mental well-being and functional purposeful living. And that's what we all need right now. Um, and also I wrote a book. It's called 365 Days of Affirmations for the Mind, Heart, Body, and Spirit to go along with the anxiety relief sessions that I offer because affirmations are so powerful when you're able to speak loving words and life over your life. And so that's what I do and that's who I am. And I serve people who struggle with anxiety, worry, depression, things of that nature so that they can learn how to activate and accelerate self-love and self-forgiveness and healing and confront whatever is holding them back so that they can soar and rise like a phoenix that they are. Mm, I love it. And (laughs) now for all our listeners out there, now you know why I mentioned earlier that she is incredibly talented and inspiring just from listening to that. I mean, come on, guys, come on. So Right? (laughs) I love it. So let's dive into some questions that I got for you that I feel is going to be very uh, beneficial to our listeners out there today. So the first question I have is, who is your hero and your inspiration? I have two people who are my heroes and inspiration. One is my mom, of course. She's resilient. She's a warrior. She's a fighter. She taught me how to be resilient and be a, a warrior and a fighter. And she's been through so many challenges in her life. And the one thing that always stuck out to me is she always saw the positive side in everything going on in life and she always taught us to do that. And the other reason why my mom is one of my heroes is because my mother allowed us to go out in the world and bust our ass and figure it out, but she was always a step away cheering us on, but not fixing our problems and our issues because she wanted us to be emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually independent Mm -hmm. of ourselves growing up as women, me and my sister. The other person that is One of my heroes is, or Shiro rather, is my wife. My wife had a a really bad accident in 2009 where she was pretty much paralyzed and she had to learn how to walk again. So she went from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane and now is functionally walking. And for that type of level of strength for a person to have, 
Like that's mental strength. Like that's what I'm talking about when it comes to strengthening the mind and not giving up on yourself and being able to overcome that challenge. Because frankly, I don't even know if I would be able to go through that process the way that she has and to still have a beautiful, positive outlook on life and never give up on yourself. So those are my two heroes in my life. Wow. And yeah, those are two great examples mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay. Question two, what are your habits for success that you would you know, like to throw out there to anybody that's listening that might need you know, some of those extra habits or suggestions or whatnot? I would say habits for success is to affirm you are infinite, you are everlasting, you are limitless, you are source. You are all the things that you want yourself to be and you create the life that you want. If you you tell yourself that every single day and you believe it wholeheartedly and know that you know that you know that you're all those things, that's success in itself. And success, it doesn't really have to equate to you know, materialistic things or whatever success to me equates to having sound mind, heart, body, and spirit where nothing or anything can shake you. I have an affirmation that um, I look at every single day and it says, I was built to be unstoppable, unbreakable, unshakable. There is nothing big or small that I can't handle or overcome. Mm. And so that to me is being successful because Whatever circumstance and challenge you are experiencing at the moment, you're not allowing it to shake you or break you or stop you in any way, shape or form. You are taking the bull by the horns and you're going steadfast and head on and you're moving forward with self-love and self-care and being able to give yourself grace and compassion and forgiveness when needed. And that's how I operate within my success because you're not always going to have days where it's sunny outside. Some days are going to be rainy. There's going to be thunder and lightning. So mm-hmm. how do you operate in the days when there's thunder and lightning? Do you, you know, fall into the bed and put the covers over your head? Or do you still operate in excellence knowing who you are? Right. And I think a lot of people, I think, I don't want to say forget, but I think a lot of people, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you can say maybe forget that, you know, the first step into any success, like you said, for your self-success too, is believing in yourself. Just like you mm-hmm. said, that's where, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and that's, so- where, that's where manifestation starts too, in belief of self, you know, because oftentimes we pray and, you know, oh God, I need this and I need that. And da, 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 da. But deep down inside, you're still praying and lacking doubt. You're asking for it, but your belief system is not confident enough to know that you deserve what it is that you're asking for because it's your birthright. If you pray wholeheartedly or manifest wholeheartedly, like 250% that you know that whatever you're asking for is already here, you can visualize it, you can smell it, you can taste it, then that in itself is self-belief because you know that it's coming to you in real time, in divine order, and divine timing. Okay. All right, all right. Well, speaking of going against any type of adversity and believing in yourself, what was one point in your life where maybe you faced some sort of adversity and and what did you learn from it? 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> I have many. We're going deep there. <laughs> yes, going deep. Um, for me, was when I came out at 40 years old, um, I left my second ex-husband. I loved him enough to leave him to let him go um, mm. because that's not where I was anymore. And I had to be honest with myself and speak my truth and live my truth as a gay woman. And I got a lot of backlash from it, from family and friends alike, society. And it was based on, you know, oh, you're too beautiful to be a lesbian or, you know, um, your husband was a great man and he treated you like a queen. Why would you leave him to, you know, um, that's a sin and you're going to burn in hell, like everything you possibly think of. Mm. And so I had to like literally remind myself, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember that God loves you. Remember mm-hmm. that God created you just the way you are. You were whole, happy, complete, just the way you were. There was nothing wrong with you. This is a decision you had to make to live in your truth, to walk in your truth. And this is what truth looks like. And truth is uncomfortable. It's going to make people uncomfortable. And that is okay. What people think about you and we, what people say to you, it is not your responsibility to take on. And I had to tell myself time and time and time again I had to tell myself that because it was just like so heavy that first of all I was breaking my ex-husband's heart I didn't want to do that but I knew that I had to love him enough to let him go to find the person that was created specifically for him and I had to find a woman that was created specifically for me but in the meantime I had to celebrate myself as being a gay woman and sitting in that sitting in the celebration of that being part of my identity, but also sitting in the celebration of owning it and not being afraid to come out and say, yes, I'm a gay woman. Yes, you know, my my preference is a woman and being okay with it, like really, really powerfully embracing and accepting. My hat's off to you, Phoenix. Thank you. And for everybody that's listening, I mean, come on, that's that's another reminder that you gotta love yourself. Love yourself, you know, have the courage. We, we only got one life to live, as they always say, YOLO. You only got one life to live. And, you know, if you live it, live it the way that you want to live it, one's enough. That's my motto. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, live your life. Live it how you want to live it. Don't worry about anybody's opinions. You know, just, I don't know. That, that frustrates me, too, hearing that some of this it stuff. Does. It's frustrating. And um, the other thing that I experienced talking about YOLO, you only have one life. I I had a near-death experience in 2011 where I almost died. And mm. when I was on my deathbed, I was the shoulda, coulda, woulda girl. And I had so many regrets about things I didn't do, what I didn't say, where I didn't go, what I wanted to do with my life. And I, I really, really sat in myself on, the, on my deathbed before I had emergency surgery because I had fibroids and it got infected and almost killed me. And I promised myself, not if, but when I survived surgery, when I got out the hospital, I would live every single day as if though it was my last and I would do everything that I wanted to do. And what happened was three weeks after that, my gallbladder was damaged beyond repair. So I was still healing from one surgery going into another surgery mm. at the same time. <laughs> you are strong for sure. <laughs> so that was my indication that God was telling me, you know what? I need you to learn this lesson and I need you to learn this lesson good and well. So when you get out this hospital bed from gallbladder surgery, ma'am, you're going to speak your truth. You're going to say the things that you're going to say and you're going to help other people do the same thing too. And I remember three weeks after that, I married my ex-husband and on my wedding day, I had this 
this feeling inside me. Like it didn't feel right what I was doing. I was like, damn, like, why am I feeling this way? I should be, it should be the happiest day of my life. I should be walking up to the aisle to say yes to this man. And deep down inside, something in me was like, no, this is not your life. This is not who you're meant to be with. Because when I was having that near-death experience, something shifted in my energy and my spirit. Mm-hmm. Something shifted in me and I didn't know what the hell it was. And afterwards, that's when I realized this is not my authentic life. My authentic life is not with a man. It is with a woman. And everything shifted and changed for me. And that's how I was able to receive the courage and the bravery to speak my truth and walk in my truth. And every time I feel defeated, I touch my scar in my abdominal area where they have to take out the fibroids. And I use that as my accountability symbol to help me to continue to be brave and to be confident and to be fearless. Even if I'm scared, I still jump anyway because I almost lost my life. Mm. Love it. Okay, well, spinning off this, moving in to another direction that's pretty much tied into that. Tell, Tell us a little bit more about your book. Um, so that you know the listeners out there can get a, a, a good clear view about it some details and whatnot sure so my book is called 365 days of affirmations for the mind heart body and spirit i wrote it in 2014 and finished it in 2020 is six year span and i wrote it based on all of the challenges trauma abuse or anything i've experienced in my life and i turned them into positive powerful affirmations because i know there's so many people who are suffering in silence, so many people who are going through anxiety, so many people who are going through depression, so many people that have mental chaos. And sometimes they don't know which way to turn up, down, sideways. And when you're going through those things, you're not thinking about calling a doctor. You're not thinking about calling a friend. You're just sitting in it because you don't know what to do. So with my book, it's a great emotional, mental, spiritual, physical tool to help you independently help yourself on an emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical level with the type of affirmations that I created. So for instance, I'm going to ask Eric to give me a number for one to 365. Okay. Um, Let me go with 11. Oh, Jesus. Don't (laughs) I know you were going to say 11? (laughs) That's my number two, Ascended Uh Masters. I love it. Yeah. So 11 says, I consistently invest in myself so that I can truly grow into the person I know and feel myself becoming. Mm, Okay. So affirmations like that. Day 33 says, I fearlessly and powerfully accept the spiritual evolution taking place in my life. I surrender to releasing the old me so that I can transform into the new me. Love it. So those are the types of affirmations I created. Like day 53 says, I remain dedicated to healing my heart and spirit because past trauma has no longer control, has no longer have, no longer has control over my life. I give myself permission and I have the willpower to release all the hurt and pain I feel in order to finally feel complete. I love it. And I think with, you know, our country going through the pandemic in the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can benefit from this because I know there's a ton of people out there that have been affected by the whole, you know, pandemic in one way or another mentally. Mm-hmm. And I guess that leads me to my next question. And this was something kind of personal from me as well. And I have mm-hmm. an open book about this. I've, I've talked about it many times on podcasts and uh, my book as well and whatnot is why do you think men have a harder time talking about anxiety, depression, 
or etc anything like that because i know for me for a long time like you said i didn't talk to anybody about it because i felt like uh well if i if i talk about it you know people are gonna look down on me you know especially mm-hmm. other guys and whatnot uh, but once i finally did it felt more freeing mm-hmm. i think because of um generational upbringing from like um, dads to grandfathers to great grandfathers, they were conditioned to be a man and, and being a man is being ahead of the household. You don't show emotion. You just focus on making sure that you take care of the family, that you're independent, that you're doing everything and you're strong, you're macho, you're this, you're that. And so that's ingrained in men for like so many years. Um, even if it wasn't taught to you when you were in your mother's womb, that information was already in you because it came from your father's DNA. And it comes from his father's DNA and his father's father's DNA. So it's a level of mind consciousness and awareness that you have to have within yourself to know that, okay, yeah, I'm a human being. Yes, I'm a man, but I'm a human being. And I can be both stepping into my feminine and my masculine energy. It doesn't mean that I'm gay or anything like that. It just means that I'm allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to honor my feelings. I allow myself to be vulnerable enough to let parts of patterns and behaviors and things like that that's not serving me, that's not working for me to die in order for me to be in, be in, to be, to evolve into the person I'm supposed to be just as a physical, spiritual being having a human experience and not coming from it at an aspect that I'm a man because mm-hmm. the definition of a man could be different for different men depending on the experiences and the things that they've been through. And I'm glad that you were able to talk about it to free yourself of that that chain of the shackle and the prison that you were putting yourself in because that's pretty much what it is like i know men in my family they're very machismo like yo soy hombre mm-hmm. i'm a man and i'm gonna go ahead and drink that cerveza and then like that day and do this and do that and i'm gonna be this and deep down inside like they're lost to the boys i'm like mira Look at this little muchacho, <laughs> like this little boy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men are pretty much little boys and women too, little people, little children walking around in grown ass people bodies. That's what's going on, including myself. I had to send love to the little girl inside of me to let her know that she's safe and protected, to let her know that she can come out and play, that nobody's hold- holding her back. Nobody's hurting her. And when you've been through trauma and hurt, the little child inside of you does not feel protected, does not feel like he or she is being seen, heard, understood, or validated. And that affects you in your everyday life. And that's why a lot of men don't really speak up and they have this macho thing because the little boy inside of them is in pain, isn't hurting, and and they don't want to deal with the hurt. They don't want to feel, they don't want to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to go through the pain. Mm -hmm. So they do other things to replace it. Beautifully said. Beautifully mm-hmm. said. Everybody listen out there. I hope y'all took that down, took some notes. That was <laughs> amazing. Spot on. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's switch a little gears here and go to my next question. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite part about your field of work? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um there's so many different aspects of what my field of work, but for me, the favorite part is when I'm helping someone and I can actually help them create a powerful, effective daily regimen for themselves, but they can disrupt anxiety and they're able to strengthen their minds and the feelings and the emotions that come out of it where they're like, Oh my God, like 
this is how I really, really wanted to feel my whole entire life. And I just didn't know how to get there. And mm -hmm. I've tried this method and that method and that didn't work. It didn't work at all. And the other part of it for me is being able to hold space for people that I work with, like wholeheartedly, compassionately hold space for them to let them know you're not alone. I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I sense you, I'm validating you. You are understood by me. You have the right to feel the way that you want to feel about how you're feeling about whatever trauma and challenge you experienced in your life that's causing the anxiety. And for them to know that they're not by themselves, for them to know that someone cares for them so they can experience unconditional love on a professional level when working mm. with me. And I think those are the things that really excite me when I'm doing the work that I do in my field of work. And just like the old saying goes, if you really love what you do, you've never worked a day in your life. And I feel like you love what you do. So you, it's just, it's just every day for you. It is every day for me, <laughs> even with just family and friends in general. And, you know, I'm very intuitive and I'm an empath. And so um, I work with a lot of the ancestors and my spirit guides and they will fill me with uh, messages and downloads to give to people when someone's going through something like I know when someone's going through something I don't know who it was or whatever or sometimes they'll put a name or face in my head and I'll call the person and nine times out of ten they're experiencing something and I'm able to calm them down and you know talk them off the ledge so to speak so that they can go back to their center and so that's my mission that's my purpose that's that's what I'm here to do in this life and it's uncomfortable at times, but it's necessary. It's my walk. It's what right. I do. Right. And I totally agree. I, I always try to, you know, mention to people as well, you got to get out of your comfort zone because your mm -hmm. comfort zone is the enemy of progress. You're yep. going to stay in the same stagnant position. If you don't get uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you got to do it. It's part yep. of it. Yep. And every day you have to find a way how to elevate and accelerate yourself learn new things like I always say that I am always a student never a master there's always something to learn and learning mm -hmm. is something that I'm going to continuously do until I take until I take my last breath and healing is something I will continuously do until I take my last breath because you're never fully healed 100% there's always going to be something happening or something taking place that you have to heal from but for me it's being open and being willing to go through your healing process and what that means is having to look at the situation time and time again, having to forgive yourself for the situation time and time again, having to heal from the situation time and time again, because some experiences cut deep than others. Right. So let me ask you this, Phoenix, this, starting this process, this can, this can start at any age, right? It, it doesn't uh, have yeah. to be young. You don't have to be mm -hmm. old. It can be any age. No, because I started my spiritual awakening journey at 43 during the pandemic. It hit me hard and hit me heavy. I started my spiritual journey when I turned 40 years old. In 21, what did I turn? 20, 2017, I, I turned 40. So it doesn't matter of the age. I think once you, you know and you make a, a decision that you want to go through your healing process, that's when everything falls into place. That's when you start um, having these emotions and reflections and aha moments. And this is this is when God, universe, and whoever it is that you speak to in the spiritual realm will, will give you all the things that you need, supply you with things that you need to help yourself, send people your way 
to help you with your healing process. But it starts with you being willing and open. And sometimes people are not ready. They say that they're ready. And then when it comes to doing the uncomfortable work of facing themselves, they're like, ah, nah, I ain't want to mm. do that. Mm-hmm. Ain't, <laughs> ain't working for me. <laughs> yep. So you have to be 150% committed to doing your healing work, your soul work, because anxiety is created by your spirit trying to get your attention. Depression and worry and stress is your spirit trying to get your attention because all of the energies, the negative energy, feelings, and emotions that you have within your mind, heart, body, and spirit is being shook by your your energy and your soul because your soul is like, I want you to be full and whole and complete. I want you to wake up to yourself. I want you to love yourself. But in order to do that, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. You can't walk around it, hop over it, jump. Mm -mm, You got to go through that fire and that coal. You have to. There is no way around it. And that's why I work with goddess Isis, who is the Egyptian goddess. And she named me Phoenix in 2021 because I had to rise from the ashes like five different times through 2020 and 2021 when I was going through my ascension and awakening process. I -hmm. had to burn several times and rise up again (laughs) on several (laughs) occasions and having a near-death experience too. That was burning and rising from the ashes yet again. So she named me Phoenix. Mm, Okay. Phoenix. So that's what I'm saying. People who are listening, the best way to experience self-love is to be uncomfortable and take off the chains that are keeping you prisoner from living the best life that you want to live. And the other thing that's keeping you back from doing the things that you want to do and being who you want to be is that you're so concerned about what people are going to think about you. It's not your issue. It's not your problem. That's right. Don't worry about it. Just do what you feel is best for you in your heart before you take your last breath. I cannot stress this enough. I'm living my second chance at life and I'm not wasting it or nothing or no one, not even myself. Whenever I get into my head, it's like, who do you think you are? I'm Phoenix. What the hell? What the hell do you think you are? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and that self-talk every single day is exceptionally important. Like in the mornings, I listen to powerful morning affirmations and at nights, I listen to eight-hour sleep meditation affirmations to rewire my subconscious. And this is something that I commit to do every single day for myself. So when I'm in those dark spaces, when I feel myself spiraling, because you can easily go into those dark spaces. Like it takes 2.5 seconds to go into those dark spaces. And when you're in there, it's hard to pull yourself out. So for me, affirmations and putting together a daily regimen is exceptionally important. It's like a vitamin. Mm. It's part of my lifestyle. I do it every single day without fail because I never want to be that person that goes into that dark space and I'm not even to pull myself out of it or no one can come and help you pull out of it. So once you start practicing these regimens for yourself that I teach and train, it'll be easier for you to disrupt anxiety because you have unexpected anxiety pops up when you have a crisis going on. It automatically happens. But now when you're doing a daily regimen and making it part of your routine, it's easier for you to decrease and alleviate and relieve yourself out of anxiety because you already know what's going on. You know in your mind, you're very aware, you're very functional, and you know exactly what to do. I love it. And I love how you mentioned that it's it's part of your daily routine it's part of basically like part of your spiritual or your soul's diet 
Mm-hmm. It's exactly. got to be there. Yeah, I like that. You have to feed it. You have to definitely nourish your sacred temple at all costs possible. You have to. Well, Phoenix, it's been an amazing time conversating with you today. And we're winding down. So for everybody that's listening and you are interested in checking out Phoenix's book or working with her, Phoenix, where can they reach you at for your, you know, your workshops, your classes, and of course your book as well? Um, you can reach me on officialphoenixgibbs.com, which is my website. Um, of course, social media, I am author Phoenix Gibbs on Facebook and Instagram, as well as um, TikTok. I'm on there, too. And I'm also hosting a 30-day anxiety relief challenge if, if anyone's interested in participating. So it's 30 days of anxiety relief challenges that I offer with instructions where you're able to create a very healthy, purposeful, meaningful, effective regimen in your life for 30 days. It's starting on March 1st to March 30th. Um, and the information is on my website as well as my link tree, link tree slash Phoenix Gibbs. You can find it there as well. And it's helping you to strengthen the mind, disrupt anxiety, and experience mental, mental well-being as well as living a functional life where you're learning all these different techniques that I do that's part of my regimen and my routine. And it's $22 to participate, to join. Um, and that ends, the registration closes this Friday. And we get to go in on March 1st to March 30th. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, I think I'm going to leave this last part in just so the listeners can know, like, we've been getting drop signals like this whole time since we started. This hasn't happened before but, because I think the energy is so high right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, my energy is so freaking high today. We're in this together. We're in it together. Dude, so, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so once once again, Phoenix, thank you for joining us today and dropping some knowledge and wisdom out there for our listeners. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for all that you're doing. I'm so super proud of you. There was a um a, a story that you posted the other day about creating your own book and creating your own business and your own podcast. Um, you know, and I'm a firm believer in it. And I think it's because we're both Aquariuses and we're like, screw it. We don't got to sit at your table. We're going to create our own table and maybe we'll invite you. Oh, yeah. You behave That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that really, I, that resonated, resonated in me so much. I was like, yes, Erin, <laughs> you speak my language. I love it. <laughs> so thank well, you for everything you're doing. And I appreciate you and I celebrate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And for for everyone else out there listening, thank y'all for joining us again for the Poison and Pressure podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Eric Rodriguez. Stay tuned for our next episode, and we will catch you later. Once again, thank you all for joining the Poison and Pressure podcast. I am your host, Eric Rodriguez. So don't forget to like, share, and follow. And always keep your ear out and eye out for our next episode. Stay safe. God's